Welcome back to a brand new episode of Views of an X Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I'd like to thank y'all all for tuning in, where I have various guests come on this podcast to talk about an X. I know I've been gone for a while. It's been a month since I put out the last episode, but I'm back. It's hard booking guests nowadays. I had a whole list of people that wanted to come on the podcast, but when I reached out, it didn't happen. And it's frustrating. I'm trying to be more consistent, and it, it hurts the podcast, I know. Um, but I took a little time off, got some episodes done, and our first one back is the return of Stella. Stella Belafonte, that is. Let me not leave her whole name out. When I first met Stella, she had three different stories that she could have told. So I was like, the people loved you, so come back and tell one of the other two stories. And she was like, you know what? The first one I told was a prequel to the second one. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, because I didn't learn my lesson when I was younger. So as Stella got older, she met a guy at work. Things started off good, you know, that little honeymoon stage I go through. And things went left when they got closer. Y'all were here in the story. I'm not going to say too much. I hope y'all enjoy. Make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. Feel free to comment and leave feedback about this episode or previous episodes on the IG, email, or if you know me personally, you can text me. Um, go to viewsofnx.com. You can watch the video there. It'll be out soon. And also, there's merch available. It's getting cold out. I still have hoodies available. And just keep sharing this podcast with your friends and family members like you've been doing. And I will see y'all next time. Bye. But Stella, do you know I was going through, I wanted to quit this podcast because my guests keep flaking in and out. So I'll, uh, I'll book a guest, had the date, time set up, last minute, they'd be like, oh, I can't make it. Or oh, let's reschedule. Or oh, this is that. Now you did it yesterday, but you made up for it. It was like, I'm going to be there in the morning. These people are flake. like, these yeah. people are not showing up at all. And you know what? If they're not ready, they're not ready. Yeah. You have to... What I've learned is you can't count on anybody. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You prepare yourselves for the ones that do show up. Right. Like me. You know, I even though I flaked yesterday and I apologize, but, yeah. I'm here today. Yes. I'm learning. You made it. You, be there. you came to the Bronx. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for the Bronx, yeah, I'm right. here. So we have a part two with you. We promised the listeners a part two. You was like, remember you had three different situations. <laughs> yeah. Is this the one you picked first? You know what? This is the one that stood out the most because I feel like they connect. So, yeah, mm -hmm. out of the three, this is the one that I felt was the best choice of the three. And this is the one you picked first when we first started. Absolutely. But then you was like, nah, let me go back. Yeah, but this one, it was like, you know what? Nah, don't backtrack. Yeah, don't backpedal. You ready? You ready? And this is Talk old. You was old. At, like the first, the U, we call it the UFC one. Everybody call it yeah, the, the UFC, UFC one. Yeah, the UFC one. Yeah. You was younger in age, right? Yes, I was. I was much younger. And in this one, you're older, Stella. Older, Stella. I like it. Yeah. All right. Stella in my very early 30s. And you told me uh, outside mm -hmm. of this uh, outside of this episode, you was like, the first one was like the prequel because I ain't learned my lesson. Yeah, that's time. it. Less When lessons aren't learned, when you don't receive the lesson or the blessing, mm -hmm. this is what... I'm ready for it. I'm so I looked at your questionnaire. I'm like, all right, there's, oh, there's little things in there, like kids involved this oh, time. Yeah. Uh, 
older man. Not kids with me. Stella is child-free. <laughs> but there were kids involved in the end. Okay. Kids came okay. about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? So tell the people who you are for first-time listeners. It's your second time back. So Second time back, Stella Belafonte, uh, amateur podcaster, mm-hmm. a woman about town, New York City born and bred, Brooklyn specifically. And um, as I've mentioned before, if you don't know about me, I lived a pretty wild life. And um, I got a story to tell I'd like to share. I'm here to entertain you. The, here to the talk listeners about the love things. you. Oh, yeah. And I love that they love me. So I, I, I'm not here to disappoint. Let's go. Before we start, how was the feedback on the first episode? The feedback was excellent. And I need to say that, Lama, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Because um, for all who don't know, again, I'm an amateur podcaster. Mm-hmm. And um, Lama was the first person to give me a platform on Views of an Ex to actually share one of my wild and wacky <laughs> past you know, love affairs and it felt good. And I got a lot of traction behind that. I yeah. got new listeners, new followers. That's good. That's and good. The reason why I'm here today is because people want to know more about Stella Belafonte. And the funny thing is I told my homegirl the situation I was going through, like trying to book guests, whatever, and it's holding the podcast up. She was like, get that lady that told a good story. And I was like, oh, she's coming tomorrow. She was like, good, good. So see, well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Now, can I, I'm going to throw it on you. You said you was ready to quit. You said yes, because cause... people were flaking. Nah, you got people out here that say they want their 15 minutes. One thing I am going to advise, I'm not an expert. Mm. Don't ignore the DMs. Yes. Your DMs, your inboxes. Yes. Those are the people that you give a chance. To but I, I am, and they still Okay. They flake you know it, what? It happens, but you know what? F them. I'm here. <laughs> you here, Let's right? Let's go. Stella Belafonte. So let's start. <laughs> Where did this first take place? How old were you? Oh, describe. No. Okay. We got to get the name. Yeah, See, I, I'm, a little, I'm a little rusty. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. So, you know, we got to give the fake name to the guy. I'm ready for that. I, got I looked that. at, I looked. He was, <laughs> he was over six feet, six one. Yes, he was. So that, is that your, is that your type? Like a tall? I definitely like That's the second men. guy. I, I like men six feet at least. The All right. Shortest I'll go. It's about 5'11". Mind you, I'm not a tall woman, but I love tall men. <laughs> I do. He's six. He's put six one to six six. So yeah, he's up there. Yeah, he's up there. Okay, so describe, if he walked in this house, how would he look? You know what? He wouldn't like, his presence wouldn't be overwhelming. But he's definitely, you know, he's got a look that I'm into. I love the tall chocolate type. And mm-hmm. that's what he was, a lean, mean chocolate machine. Yes. Hey, this is New York City. I it know. is what it is. Your <laughs> sirens, let's go. But yeah, he was just tall, mm. dark, lean, like I like him. All yeah. right, all right. And Bearded, you know, the thing, the beards had just like became a thing when I started dating him. So he was growing like a the big beard? Nice, no, like the nice full yeah, yeah. dog beard. Okay, it wasn't okay. Papa Smurf or nothing like okay, that. Okay. But you know, it was coming in. It was he wasn't barefaced. All right, all right. To me. So now we gotta give him you said chocolate, tall, beard. Mm-hmm. We gotta give him a fake name. Either oh, I well, can give it or you can give it. I, I gave want, it last I, time. Okay, yeah. Well, so let me pick this time. All right. No matter how fine he was to me, he was really um not a great guy. So mm-hmm. I feel that we need to call him Zero because he was an absolute zero? zero in my book. Yep. Just remember, this is the story of Stella and Zero. Mm. So from Cashmere to Zero. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> the regression right. of Stella's love life. So let's go to where y'all first, first met. On a job. I was a hard hat. Oh. Easy. Yeah. So hard hat mean construction worker. I was a construction worker. I was actually a an iron worker for New York City. I was working at World Trade Center, 
fourth tower and I was one of the only lady iron workers on that job. So, you know, I was like the hen in the fox den. Yeah. And, and that was it. <laughs> OMG. Yeah, it was definitely an OMG. You shat where you ate. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to call it shitting. I feel like um, I just had my pick. You know, men do it. And I had never experienced on the job romance in my life. So being a construction worker, you know how many big, fine, sexy men <laughs> I was working with and I was in my very early prime. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to explore. You know, I wasn't involved with anybody seriously. And it was like, well, shit, there's you, you and you. And then there was zero. Mm. <laughs> so what's out of all, it was, you say you was like the only woman there. I was actually, there were other women in other trades, but again, I was an iron worker specifically. So within that union group, I was the only woman. Shoot. Yeah. So all the men, you see men all day long. So many men. What? It's raining <laughs> men. Yeah, it was like. What that. separated zero from the others? His look, he just had a presence about himself. Like, he commanded respect when he walked on the job for some mm. reason. You know, I'm going to use that S word. He had a lot of swag. Mm. It's like when he walked, even the foreman, the foreman and the, the deputy foreman, when he walked in, you know, with all the other guys, it was like, hey, yeah, good morning, guys. With him, it was like, hey, Zero, good morning. It's like they stood up straighter to speak yeah. to him. And that was really? a turn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like something about Zero <laughs> just made them feel like, yeah, we need to salute him. And did y'all work together closely? Absolutely. Again, mm. we were in the same trade, same union, same building, same section. Even though, they, mind you, there was a bunch of us. But for some reason, he mm. stood out to me. He caught my eye. I honestly was crushing on him from the first day I saw him. Really? Yeah, he was just my type, my speed. Now, did, he, did, did you catch his eye? Not at all. Really? Because you know what? He was so busy being the center of attention. He wasn't a loud person. I'm not into loud men. Mm-hmm. But again, he just had a presence about mm. himself. Just even when he opened his mouth to say good morning, it's like, hey, Zero. Yeah, like, yeah, good morning. What's going on? And, you know, just people like to hear what he had yeah. to say. Like, even about his weekend or what he was into. And, you know, he was into a lot of things. Or so I thought. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> As we go further in, you know, I guess I can put it out there. I don't want to tell everything all at once. No. But, um, yeah, we'll get there. Let's just say Zero wasn't the fabulous guy that I thought he was. So you so you came in, he... he His he presented, presence, he, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he presented something. It, it was a facade, and I learned that the hard way. What? All right, we got to get there. Gotta yeah. Get there. So this man, he's working, working hard. He'll come in. Mm-hmm. His day-to-day, what would be like the typical day-to-day for him. Oh, and as a matter of fact, this is another thing that turned me on about him. I was what was called an apprentice when I met him. Oh, you're so like, yeah, yeah, I was learning. Yes, so yes. you're getting paid to learn your trade. Gotcha. And um, Zero was already skilled. Mm. So I would just watch him and, yeah. you know, just see how he was with the guys. And it was like, you know, come on, let's go. And again, he just commanded attention. Like you would have thought he was a foreman, which he ended up being eventually. But that's a whole nother story. But when I came in, even though he was a skilled tradesman, yeah. craftsman, he wasn't a foreman, but he led the job like 
like a boss. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like that he, was a big turn on. Okay. It was okay. like, yeah, just listen to Zero. So he just Zero said, let's and, go. Like, yeah, 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 he knew how to jump in, get the job started, set it up. Mm. And I actually learned a lot watching him. So oh, yeah, that right. was a good thing. So mm. how did you catch his eye? <laughs> you ready for this story? Actually, it was a pretty fun story. Okay. So again, I was working at um Ground Zero Fourth Tower. Mm. And they had us on a big rush working a seven day cycle because we were trying to finish the job for this 10th anniversary. Mm. It was about to be the 10th anniversary of when the towers fell. Oh, gotcha. So it was a big push. Mm. And we were like, Michael Jackson, working, working day night. <laughs> and um, we actually did a double bubble. It was my first. My, remember, I'm the only woman. And we worked a whole 16 hour shift. And I had mm. never experienced that. Oh, you was tired. And when tired. I tell you burnt out, yeah. but I kept up because, again, Zero was a leader. So wherever he was on the job, I was following him. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to do whatever he said. Mm -hmm. So the next morning, oh, just to let you know, work started for us um, trades people at 5 and 6 a.m. So after a 16-hour mm. shift, we had to be at work the next day for 6 a.m. Oh, no. Nah. But guess what? God looked out for us iron workers and sent us rain. We didn't work in the rain and we had a total rain out. It was a oh, downpour right. so bad they let us go for the day. Oh. So listen, all right. I was getting ready to go home. And for some reason, Zero came up to me. He said, Look, he said, I know it's a rain out. Wanna go have a drink with me? Mm. <laughs> of wow. course I wanted to have a drink yeah, with yeah. Zero. <laughs> Because up until that point, I had never caught his eye or not as so I like thought. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think he was paying me any yeah. mind. So it was like, shit, it's a free day. After yeah. busting our ass, making all that money, working all that overtime the night before. Exactly. And now we're rain out. Right. Yeah. Zero was ready to go get drinks. <laughs> so where, where did you where did you go? To a local bar or? It was a local bar in the Ground Zero area. They were actually bars because you got to remember when the this towers is, fell. Yeah, yeah. This is, remember, the Ground Zero area, like all down around Wall Street mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. by the South Street Seaport, yeah, yeah. World it's, Trade Center it's a whole area. Bunch of stuff over there. Yeah, so, but what happened was there was a lot of things that shut down mm -hmm. and they actually had bars that only stayed open specifically. For, for the, the workers? workers, yeah, for the wow. carpenters, the painters, the iron workers, like you know what time it mm -hmm. is. Come on, we were the ones responsible for rebuilding yeah, yeah. after such a tragedy. So they want to make sure that um, you know, we we was well imbibed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So y'all went there, conversation started. And just to let you know, yes, it was six in the morning when we arrived and we got rained out and they let us go at about the 10 a.m. hour, because they had mm -hmm. what was called, I forgot what it was called back then, but you know, it was like a waiting out time just to see if the rain would stop. Mm -hmm. So after about three hours, if the rain doesn't stop, you definitely go. go home. So it was about the 10 o'clock yeah, hour. Yeah, praying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, please let it rain, let it yeah. rain. Oh, it was the hardest, wildest downpour. It was like monsoons, torrential rains. And Zero said, you want to go get a drink with me? Mm -hmm. And my heart just jumped in my chest. Yeah. I had Butterflies, flip-flops, everything. Now, you said you were single at this time. When was your last yeah. relationship before? Um, before him, I was involved with an older gentleman who turned out to be a real jackass. Mm -hmm. And I was just single and free. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for anything. I was just being me, living my best life, and 
He invited me. All right. Poetry. So take us there. How was that? The shit was so fucking dope, Llama. Yeah, had your construction. Yeah, had your hard we hat. Yeah, our hard hats, you know, <laughs> like on our arm. Without, you know, clothes are still clean now because we didn't work. Yeah. So let's just say we went into that bar when we when it opened at 10 a.m. that morning. And we fell in love that day. You lying. No shit, llama. We drank and talked so much that by nightfall, no shit. That was in there that long? We was in there until it got dark. And there was a guy. What are talking about? <laughs> everything. But let me tell you, it was so real. They started giving us free liquor. Mm-hmm. It was a guy that was in there with his girl. He was like, yo, me and my chick came in here one in the afternoon. Y'all motherfuckers been in here since we was here. It was like, yo, rounds on us. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like it got to the point where people would just buying us free drinks again. I feel like there was just something about him. He had an aura about himself mm-hmm. that just commanded that. Gotcha. Yeah. Man. It was nice. And you found out he was single at the same time? Absolutely not. Oh. He was, um... <laughs> <laughs> He was somebody who was looking to be single. He was living with his baby mama. Mm. Know how that goes. And as far as he told me, in a transition. Now, at that time, I was about 31 or so. Okay. And Zero was about 30, just about a year younger than Mm -hmm. me. And he had been with the same woman since he was 14 years old. That's all he knew? Not that that was all he knew, but that's all he was um, making babies with as far as he was telling me. How many he she had? She was his baby mom. Um, he had two with her. That's all and we he talked about. he lived with her. They were living together. Oh, living together. Yeah, and honestly, when he told me how long they had been together, I didn't question it because I did the math. I'm like, shit, I'm 31. I can't imagine being with the same person from 14. Mm. I would be sick of them too. <laughs> yeah. Like when he told me, you, you know, grow, yeah, yeah. You older, you, things change. Yeah, I didn't change. question. I believed him like immediately. Like, why wouldn't you be looking for something fresh, new, and um, Stella-like in your life? Stella-like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He was excited. Yeah. And I was excited by the prospect, you know. And then he had a baby mother that wasn't working. You know, because he was making a pretty penny. You know, they were paying us union construction workers some real heavy bread. (laughs) And I was an apprentice. So, you know, she had leaned on him and was used to his income or whatever. So seeing somebody like myself, like out there young, busting my ass Mm -hmm. on the steel, Mm -hmm. you know, with my tight jeans on and my hard hat, (laughs) major turn on for him. So, yeah. Did he admit that he was looking at you at the job or no? You know, as we talked, yeah, all them hours we were sitting in there, that's when everything came out. And it was like, really? What were some things he was saying? I never would, you know, talking about, because honestly, I started wearing tight jeans to work on purpose because oh my it was, just, <laughs> I'm not going to bullshit you. It was just so many good looking men and not just the iron workers. Imagine we had carpenters, iron workers, electricians, and a lot of these men were just young and single. And then I started taking his from the other women in the other trades. They coming to work with skin tight cards and shit. I said, shit, I'm next. I'm being skin tight cards too. I was coming in looking like Bob the Builder when I looked at them. I said, you know what? I'm going to switch my yeah, shit yeah. up. That's funny. And I did it and uh, it worked. <laughs> and he was on you, but he couldn't really do much because he's I was on himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he wasn't like, you know, as my friend was saying what they say back in days he wasn't a denethana you know he had a presence presence about himself so he couldn't give it away that he Mm. was into me you know he's being Mr. Smooth 
Got you, got mm-hmm. you. And he won your heart that that one night, that one sudden. Llama, that one night lasted for hours. We got to the bar at 10 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and no shit, we were there until it had to be about 7. Now, when he brings up the night. fact that he has a baby mother. You know yeah. what it is. He started talking shit about her. What she don't do, she ain't good for shit, and I'm sick of her. But again, he had been with the bitch since age 14. <laughs> and I just sat there like, okay, daddy, I'll get you. Yeah. 14 and now you're 30. I didn't know. So you're you like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm in yeah, here. Yeah, I get all right, it. All right. Yeah, that's a long damn time. So y'all continue to work. How did after that setting at the bar? So by the work? next yeah. day, was again, work? it was like we just had, you know, they didn't have hard eye emojis back then, but we had the hard eyes. It's like when we came to work the next day after that, People saw it. It's like they looked at us and it was like, okay, now what the fuck do we have here? Yeah, yeah. You know, we were like working kind of close and, you know, he was like leaning into me instead of just talking to me like a regular coworker, kind of getting close and talking to me in my ear and things like this. People <laughs> noticed. And you know what? It was no shame about it. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have any shame. All right, all right. Hey, is you as long as y'all was good was good with it then hey that was all that matters right and then as far as his situation with his baby mother i was one of those people in my younger years that felt like shit i don't know this bitch ain't none of my friend Mm. you know so well they together so what now what am i doing wrong he's not married that's just his baby mother Mm. that's how i justified he was living with her right but i again i had to find ways to justify the mess because i was so attracted to him Mm. like i said aesthetically just looks wise he was my speed Mm-hmm. His swag, my type. So then after that, that one, one day, oh, and let's not forget. Oh, I got to add, before um everybody started buying us rounds and stuff, he paid for everything. Mm-hmm. I never had to pull out my wallet once, yeah. and I'm greedy, Lama. Mm-hmm. So on top of the liquor, we yeah. was doing a lot of eating. All so right. we was just ordering mad appetizers yeah. and bar food, and he loved it. He just like, But he yeah. invited you out. He invited so me. He, he but pay. I mean, but I'm talking <laughs> about we were sitting there for hours, yeah. Lama, and it just was like, yeah, let's order more food, whatever you want. It was just like, oh my God, I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> it was true gentleman yeah, at and, that yeah, time. As far as I thought. <laughs> So work continued. It wasn't no like uh no no conflict. No conflict at all. We it was just I was crazy <clears throat> about him. So now, you know, I had a new pep in my step. Yeah. Because being an iron worker as a woman was a beast of a job. Yeah. So he gave me um just new incentive, like coming to work. I was looking forward to getting dirty now. You know, busting my ass on that still didn't feel so bad because <laughs> it's like, ooh, I'm dating zero yeah. now, you know? Do you remember the second date? Um, you know, honestly, but I would say the first few weeks, it was a lot of like after work stuff. Like we were just finding reasons like after work. We got to the point where we did get stupid, where we was like skipping overtime because we wanted to go and just sit in a bar together and just gaze in each other's eyes and talk shit and make plans and dream and, um, you know, make out in the bathrooms. Yeah. It started going down. Yeah. It went from, yeah. (laughs) hard eyes and stories to yeah let's just just, ain't nobody in the bathroom let's go he can't take you home yeah right I was your situation I didn't have a situation all right yeah and oh just to put it out there another Bronx guy here we go he lived from the Bronx no I'm talking about your living situation right I was living alone but he was living with his girl so he couldn't just 
run home to me after work. You know what I mean? Because she was used I mean, to this. He could, but coming. he can't. He oh, could, she, right. She it would have been time. awkward. Yeah. yeah, it's like, uh, you know what I'm saying? You ain't been yeah. doing this shit. What you yeah. doing now? So, yeah. He was a Bronx dude. A Bronx like, dude. Here we go. Bronx. <sighs> you said you ain't learned your lesson, so. Exactly, which is why we're here right Hold now. Hold on, so let me take some stuff from the first one. The guy had his hobbies. Right, his oh. hobbies included um, violence. He wanted to be a, you know, a fighter. He was into... He wanted to be a fighter too? No, this is what I'm saying. When you said take it back one. to the first yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so this cat was heavy into fitness. Everything out of all of a sudden, he decided that he wanted to be this big fitness buff. He felt like he wasn't heavy enough. Because like I said, he was a lean, mean machine. And I like him like that. Yeah. But he wanted to put on all this muscle and all this mass and all this weight. He wanted to just... He was Where trying to prep yeah. out of nowhere again. As I advised for all of you who don't know Stella, I advised in the last time that I was here, make sure you find out what the men that you are dating are into and find out I'm why. I'm and stuff. Right, exactly. So it, you have to, if they're into things that include violence, wrestling, boxing, lifting weights, like there's something to be said about that. Because I would say, not saying that it's unstable, but it's like, why is this your shit? That's mm -hmm. all you want to do. So he got into this point where he was just obsessed with putting on masks, just getting. He was taking buff. the stuff. The creatine he started taking the stuff. He was drinking creatine like it was water. He was living off of protein shakes. Mm -hmm. Somebody had hooked him up with a site where he started popping all these pills and shit, but supplements, yeah. like no illegal drugs and shit. But it's like that was his food. That was his nourishment. Wow. And it, I don't know if I'm going too far ahead of myself. It altered who he was as a man with me. It was like, yo, okay, who yeah, are yeah. you? We're going to get there. Yeah. So he started out as a gentleman. Yes. Telling me all the lies and all the good stuff. And I was just falling for it, mm -hmm. eating it up. You know, like I said, he was swagged out. He knew how to spin a tail. Just to let you know, as far as astrology, just like me, he was a tourist man. Okay. So he knew how to tell a story. All right. Like anything that he said, I was just sucked in. And even if I didn't believe it, I wanted to believe it. He was just so good with his shit. Now, what I know about Taurus, they stubborn. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was definitely setting his ways. All right. But, yeah, you yeah. know, outside of the stubbornness, he had a way with words. Gotcha. And that was a big turn on. Yeah. Like, for instance, when we went on our first date for all those hours at the bar at Ground Zero. I'd asked him, you know, what's the most exotic vacation that he'd ever been on? And he told me Australia. Oh. So that was like big to me because like, I had just I got my passport. But by know. the end of it, when I realized who he was, um, one of my homegirls was like, you sure he didn't say Astroland? Because it couldn't have been Australia. He was a fucking liar. I'm going to put that out there immediately. <laughs> That's what made him a zero. This man was just a pack of lies. Nothing that Your he said to me. Astroland? Yeah, yeah. She was like, you sure he didn't say Astroland? And you just heard Australia because he was sounding so good? No, the nigga said Australia and he was lying. He didn't even have a passport llama. And I found that out the hard way because I'd fallen so hard for this man. You know what women do. Oh, <laughs> I like you. I love yeah. you. Let's plan a getaway. You said you've been to Australia. Where to next, baby? Yeah. He didn't have a fucking passport. 
So how did you go to Australia if you never even had a passport? Oh, the oh, lies, the lies. Let's go. We started off slow. Okay. So all right, I'm gonna slow it down because I got a lot. To so you been, you say y'all been dating after work. It's yeah, been a lot yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it become official? Let's go. You there. know what? So now the overtime is crazy. Instead of skipping out on the overtime, this is how we were able to hook up. Um, they had gotten to a point at Ground Zero where we were. Stop yourself. Pour yourself some You about oh. to finish this whole thing. Pour yourself some more. Okay, where is the bottle? Right there. Like, I'm sorry, Emma. I want to get to your story, but. Oh, yeah. Look, say no more. Say less. I don't need more wine. There you go. I don't need more. Okay. Well, I always need more. <laughs> Never too much wine. That's it. Got it. My delicious bread. So, um, where were we? You said. Oh, we was getting into how you made oh, it official. how we ended up. Yes. So what happened was, again, we were on what's called a seven-day cycle at Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. They were really trying to rush this 10-year anniversary. Yes, yes. And we were working. That's again. when they put the lights up. That, that's that's the when they put it? everything oh, up. Right, that's right, when right. they were opening up the fountain. They was yes, going to have yes. ribbon-breaking yes. ceremonies, everything. Yeah, so right. we were on a rush at this fourth tower that we were working at. And... Mm-hmm. um. When we would knock off work, that's when um, work would start at 5 a.m. instead of 6. Mm-hmm. And when we would knock off work on the weekends, we just wanted to be into each other. It got to the point where he was just so exciting. It was like, okay, you know, we got beach chairs. Like, you know, bring a bag. Mm-hmm. Like, I started packing a bag. And we would start, like, really doing shit after work on the weekends. Like, just jumping up and going. Mm-hmm. Like just going to the beach, staying on the beach all day, getting a little um short stay hotel. He wasn't spending no time with his family. You know what? It got to the point where it was like, fuck his family. <laughs> and I felt like that too, because we were making each other feel what? so good. Like, yes, we just had eyes for each other. Like he was so crazy about me, Lama. Like he started taking me, don't laugh, to like construction stores after work. We would go to a bar, a restaurant after work, eat and drink. And then he knew all of these little spots to get like um gear. He was buying me like expensive tools. We even got matching hard hats. That's when they knew it was official. We came to work one day with matching hard hats. It was like, oh shit now. These two motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> matching hard hats. Like Jesus. Christ. That's the thing, matching. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Like I didn't know it was a thing, but he made Holy it a thing. Crap. So we really stood out. Yeah. And people noticed like we came to work with the same hard hat on. It was like, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yo, that is mad funny. Yeah. So oh, every moment of yes. free time that we had to spend together, we were spending it together. It was just. It's the honeymoon stage. Oh, yeah. It was the honeymoon yeah. stage. And he was like literally doing things to destroy his relationship. Oh, he was getting so caught he, doing these? Not getting caught where he just didn't give a shit no more because as he had explained it to me, he said one thing that he didn't lie about, they were going through it. They were sick of each other. He had been with her since age 14. Yeah, yeah. 30 years old. And the story that he gave, the story that most men give, we just live together. We just together for the kids. We don't even sleep in the same rooms. It got to the point where in the end, I started to believe him. hmm Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, so... So, so I don't want to give too much away. Like no, 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 so we no. slow it down. We're gonna go at your pace. So we so y'all make it official. It was pretty much official, at least y'all official y'all on the steel. Yeah. Just, it was visibly official. Yes, yes. Yes. And what things changed about you in a way? Like what was you what was you accustomed to and what things made you like change like who you was as a person? 
when dealing with Well, her. again, like I said, I she never like, dealt with somebody at work. Mm-hmm. And that's, then, that's new? yeah, right. that was a big deal. And then the fact that we were just so visibly crazy about each other. Like people but like- you felt really, this way about other men, but not like Yeah, this. but not on the job. You know, you know, I always thought that, first of all, I never thought about messing with anybody on the job. You know, I, I didn't, it was just not a thing to me. I'd yeah. never done it. I never even had a job where there were just so many men that you would even want to date on a job. Like before this, I had like dental office jobs, receptionist jobs. It was like majority women yeah, yeah. anyway. So to be dating someone on the job and, you know, I'm not a secret. You're not ashamed of me. I'm not a, a jump off like they would mm-hmm. say. It was like, wow, this is really nice. <laughs> I have this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Not me, not just me. I see it on the internet where... I have like little trust issues when it comes to like my chick dating, like not dating, but going to work. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has like a work bay or work. And I had never experienced that because again, like I said, I'd always had jobs before being an iron worker where it was majority women. Yeah. We working in dental clinic. Who's work gotcha. bay? Nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like most of the doctors were married mm-hmm. and that was the upper crust. You only want to de- date the dentist, but all the dental assistants were women. Mm-hmm. And then when I was working receptionist jobs, it was like women, women, women. I mean, you had a couple of dudes that were shaking it around yeah. with the coworkers, but I wasn't interested. I, I always feel like everybody has that one person. that be like, I never had that. And nah. this was my first experience with that. Yeah. So that's why it was such a major big deal to me. And then again, like I said, the fact that we weren't a secret. Come mm-hmm. on, he bought us matching hard at yeah. It's like he was marking his territory. Yeah, like yeah. he wanted everybody to know Stella and her tight jeans belonged to me. Mm. Yes. And I loved belonging to him. All right. So time passes, right? Time passes. How long was your honeymoon stage? I would say the honeymoon stage was probably about, shit, two months maybe. About two months. That was it? So. Yeah. And then, did you try to plan a trip? After the two months? You know what? We tried to plan a trip. That's when it came up. He started um, giving me all this hemming and hawing about the passport. And I admitted to myself, that's, you know, back then we didn't call it red flags. Mm. That's what we would call it now. It's like, you know what? This nigga's a liar. He ain't never had no passport. Because it's not like he had to get a passport renewal. Yeah. As he was talking to me, it's like, nigga, did you forget that you told me that you've been to Australia before? Apparently not. Then I started doing, we didn't talk about red flags. We talked about the pros and the cons. So I started thinking, I'm like, okay, that's lie number one, not uncaught him in. But that's a con. It's too many other pros. This man is generous. He's nice to me. Yeah. We date. I love the way he so makes me past. feel. I said, oh, F that. We won't forget the about that. So then we went from going overseas to Miami. We was planning this big trip to Miami. And yeah. don't laugh. At the point, I had never hung out in Miami before. I had been to Florida, but never hung out in Miami yeah. in my life. I would never go back. <laughs> now I do Miami like once a year. It's nothing. Uh, but back like then it. at 31, I had never. And he made Miami sound like the greatest show on earth. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't wait to go to Miami. To be on South Beach? Yeah. Like with him. And oh, like right, I said, right, he was right. just so groovy. It was like, oh God. Like I just imagine us out there with our shades yeah. on and dressed real <laughs> nice. Like, yeah, doing it. So. All right. So yeah, yeah, took that trip. No. It never happened. <laughs> so tell me how being in a relationship with Zero, Zero, how was it starting off? Starting off again, it was wonderful because one thing I did like about Zero, he was extremely outgoing. And that is like a must for me. Even back in my younger years, I was such a mm-hmm. dater. And um, like I said, this was my first experience with dating somebody on the job. Yeah. And he was cool with going out after work. And again, I'm greedy. Did he know how so, to dress and all yes, that Yes, he knew how. You know what's so funny? 
he knew how to dress, but I'm getting ready to throw it out there. I might get a lot of flack for this. Brooklyn and Bronx styles is very different. Everybody so was there different. was one day on the job. It's so crazy you brought out, but up did he know how to dress? It was him and some dudes battling about Pele Pele gear. Okay. And they was battling. And I never forget, we was on the steel and he was talking to some guy from uptown too. He was like, nigga, you ain't got more Pele Pele than me. And I was laughing because I had to let him know. I said, in Brooklyn, Pele Pele wasn't it. It, it, it is. Was, a, in Harlem and in Bronx, Brooklyn, yeah. Pele Pele wasn't was nothing. Wearing? Honestly, let's say back then. I forgot what jacket. It wasn't Pele Pele. That was about 10 years ago, 12 years ago? We talking about 2008, 2009. was in college. Pele Pele. You know what? Pele Pele was like for the... And then you know what Brooklyn is in sections. So Pele Pele was more for like the West Indians and Flatbush and Canarsie and stuff. Mm -hmm. But on my side of town, it was still a Ralph Lauren thing. You get what I'm saying? I mean, 2008, 2000. Polo like nah, yeah. but everybody wasn't. Like, it was really like what? polo. They were still polo strong on my side of town. So, they, the dudes that was trying to rock Pele Pele, the polo dudes, like, crazy. Ralph is everything. So, it was, like, funny to me. Like, yeah. Pele Pele. And that's when, with some other, um, don't laugh, Ed Hardy had just came yeah. out. So, in Brooklyn, Cats was rocking like Ed Hardy gear. I forgot what the yeah. other thing was. Yeah, it was Ed Hardy. Nietzsche was still doing you know it. It's not called Nietzsche. What did he say? NYC. NYC. Excuse me. NYC. Look, Mark Echo was his thing. So yes, in Brooklyn, yes. you had those styles. So listening to, to this dude and these Bronx cats battling about Pele Pele. That's funny. I laughed. I was like, yeah, yo, y'all. I forgot y'all was wearing, I forgot those things, the alligator eye in it. Um, if y'all know this, listeners, mm-hmm. please tell. I forgot. It, yeah, it was Brooklyn a, it was, was a different. Sh- it was a shoe I used to wear in Brooklyn. It had like an alligator See, skin. See, I don't even. Wait, you talking about the. um the, the, Maury's? The, the Maury's. Maury's. Maury's yes, was. A, Maury's. You know what? Maury's was big. We didn't like those. That was in the Bronx. Brook, but you know what? In Brooklyn, Maury's was Hall money. Harlem and Bronx being with You had, if you was wearing Maury's, you had bread. Yeah. Like even in Brooklyn, like when dudes started wearing gators to party, Bronx dudes wasn't doing mm-hmm. that. And I, I always tell people every borough is different. Yeah. Every borough is like Brooklyn, a different state. <laughs> so again, dating another Bronx dude, and now I'm 30, you know, 31 or so, and I'm listening to him and they battling about Pele Pele. Like I couldn't laugh because that was his shit. Yeah, yeah. He had a nice style of dress, but I didn't get the Pele Pele thing. <laughs> that is funny. Did he wear like uh Nike boots? Nah, he was fresh Tim's. He definitely wasn't okay, with okay, the Nike okay. boots. Okay. It was like Nike boots, no. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> So it was smoothed out, starting mm-hmm. out. Very smooth. So your red, first red flag was the, the you said the Australia trip. Yeah, the, the Australia trip. trip. Yeah, the just I'm saying that his most exotic vacation was Australia. And then, you know, as we went along, I realized that he never had a passport before. But I chose because I liked everything else about him to ignore him. You know what I chalked it up to? He was trying to impress me. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, you know what? Well, he just was trying to impress me, you know, make At that age, you, you picked yeah, that up? Yeah, right. I did. I picked up on it. I said, you know what? Yeah. I'm not mad at that. And I and I should have been mad at yeah. it because you're crazy. If I had actually gotten the more details, I should have asked him, so what did you do in Australia to see if you gave me a bunch of lies? <laughs> now, from the first story, mm-hmm. you said Kashmir turned you out sexually. Yes, he did. And you're older age. Now you're older. Mm-hmm. 
was it what was it about him that sexually this man was a turn out too because again like i said i never dated anybody on the job mm -hmm. so now i'm dating a man on the job and we're doing like wild shit like y'all was going in the bathroom after work like we would go to the potty. no not the porta potty that was <laughs> disgusting and then you know so again it's crazy that you brought that up because in the end that's something that came up remind me to bring that porta up potty. Again. Porta potty, keyword. All right. So we would go to different bars and restaurants after work. Like they had a TGI Fridays in that Ground Zero area, All right. and we would really just go in the bathroom. And we got caught one day that was so exciting. Had never done nothing like Getting that. Getting caught like, was we're exciting. Just in the bathroom, and I might have been blowing him, or he might have just been going down on me. Or we were standing up in the bathroom, like doing our thing. Oh no! Nah. It was a white lady that came in, and she's like, "Oh my god." Like, she just felt so, like, she wasn't like, oh, my God, yeah. like, I'm going to tell. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I didn't know. I didn't mean to walk in <laughs> on YouTube. Like, and that shit was, like, fun for me because I had never done anything like that. Not so, shit like, like that. It was spontaneous and spontaneous adventurous. Spontaneous and wild and adventurous. And I just felt like I could follow his lead. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, my God, we're doing something goofy and stupid. We're going to get caught. Every, but we're going to go to jail. Like, Everything that he did, like I said, because of his presence and his demeanor, I just felt like any, I felt safe with him. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, yo, let's go. Follow me in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, yeah. Shoot. Yes, big study. <laughs> <laughs> what about his parenting skills? How was that? Initially, I thought he was like one of the most wonderful dads because he was really one of those dudes. Like we would be on a date and he would show me, he was like, you see, look, my kids, they bothering me. Like, daddy, you in City Island? Like he had a thing for going to City Island after work. Mm -hmm. For all of you who are not familiar with the Bronx, City Island is our beach strip with nothing but seafood, restaurants, and bars. And yeah. we would go to City Island after work and he would tell his girls because he had two daughters and they were like, daddy, bring me something from City Island. You know what I want. And he um introduced me to different cities. Island restaurants and his, like I said, his he put his girls first. Yeah, like yeah. even if he wasn't thinking about his baby mother, his girls they would call him, and it was like, mm -hmm. okay, let's go. Yeah, that's fine. I like that All right. about. All right, him. yeah. So that was a plus. Yeah, and when his phone would go off, a lot of times it was his daughters. Oh, so that's and I good. like that. Yeah, because yeah. he was a young dad. He actually became a dad at about fifteen. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it was older. Yeah, well, his oldest, yeah, and then his next one after that was maybe about four, five years younger than the oldest, but his first one when I met him was about 15 years old because he had her at 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so. God, damn. Yeah, so I admired that, too, because I know a lot of young dudes that, you know, when they... They can't get their life in order and all that. Yeah, or they yeah. become runaway dads when they get somebody pregnant yeah. that young, and yeah. he wasn't the runaway dad. Yeah. So in my book, he was a king for sticking it out. Like, yeah. oh my God, you stay with your baby mother through it. Like, you are everything. You are not a zero, but he was a zero. <laughs> we could get there. Mm -hmm. So now, going through this relationship, right? You found the first red flag. What was the next one? You know what? There were very few... Okay, what I will say, I started noticing once he started the supplements and the powders... His demeanor changed. It's like there was something angry no about him. No steroids. But again, he stopped. I don't want to say he stopped eating, but he like kind of started, like he became the person at lunchtime. Instead of going to get real food, it's a protein shake and a pill. Like that's not enough. Yeah. And that's what he was living on. So did he cut off y'all dating time after work to go to the No, gym? but it's like his attitude changed. He became like really like snappy on the job. He became kind of bossy. Um, 
And we was weed smokers back then too. So let me throw that in there. It's like the only thing. It got to a point where he was on edge all the time with the mm. pills and the supplements. And he would have to roll up to smooth it out. Mm. So I started noticing that imbalance. Yeah. It was like, God, this is. And you, you don't know why he wanted to start working out. And you know what? Again, yeah. like I said, you said hobbies. It's just some, you know, sometimes we just, especially at that age, you just jump up and decide you want to do shit. Like at one point, he thought he wanted the model. He wanted to do like, um, he was into the Pele Pele and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to be like a magazine model. Remember back then, Source Magazine was, like, so, was hot. Yeah, yeah. And he wanted to be like one of the models in the ads. So it was like bodybuilding, <sighs> modeling. Like he just had all of these things that he felt he wanted to get into. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So the working out became a thing. A and heavy thing, a crazy thing. You, um, we even started going to the gym together. You know, when we started spending more time together and, you know, he would come to Brooklyn and I had one of those gyms where you could share your membership yeah, yeah, yeah. and he started working out with me and it was just crazy. Like, that was all he wanted to do outside of me 24-7. It's like, let's just say we had just finished, like, doing us, having sex. Like, we'll yeah. just put it out there. He was the type that after sex, instead of smoking a cigarette or rolling a blunt, he'd really get down and bust out 100 push-ups. It was like, oh, yeah, you wow. He had no goals? His like, goals, again, was bodybuilding and becoming... He wanted his, to be in the contest? He wanted to be this stuff? sex symbol. No, he wanted to just be this sexy, rip-cut, buff model. Man, I yeah. never understood it. Yeah. I know people that's like that, but... Well, he was like that. That became like his thing. Like, I'm so focused. Like, you're going to see me in Source Magazine one day. You're going to see me in XXL with a Pele Pele. <laughs> he was on it. He was definitely on it. Not to jump too far. Did he ever get that opportunity? It's not like UFC. You know what he became did? UFC well, it didn't become as crazy, but I know when we were, after we parted ways, I heard that he did get a couple of things. Like, you know, when, again, XXL and Source was popping, you might have seen him in one or two ads. Really? Yeah, he got the hookup. He ain't become no Tyson Beckford or nothing <laughs> like that. But, you know, you saw him in a couple of things. Wow, these dudes just be... Yeah, he was focused. Yeah. He was fella got magic. Certain dudes fame. Like, you do it, baby. I believe in you. And that's another thing. When Stella falls in love, whatever your dream and your goal is, if it's positive, I believe in you, too. Mm -hmm. And he was just so fine to me. It's yeah. like, why can't you be a model? Like, hell yeah. yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Let's do it. Yeah. So in your relationship, I read on the questionnaire, it was violent. It got violent because, again, as I said, his whole demeanor changed with the supplements, the protein shakes. Like, you're not eating. Like, I know when I don't eat, I'm on edge. Yeah. So, think about a man, the testosterone factor, mm -hmm. you know, just male hormones on top of the fact that you're not eating real yeah. solid meals. Right. So he just became Mr. Angry at the job, like really throwing steel around. Where now it turned from, you know, zero being a leader to, yo, you don't want to cross zero. Mm. Zero said, let's go. You better go. You know, he don't like it when you move slow. Just wow. yelling and screaming at people on the job and stuff. And I remember watching him like, I feel like it's going to turn on me one day. And it started to turn on me. He became like very um, impatient with me. Again, snapping at me, and it was like, oh, Lord, here we go. At the job or just in Just general? at the job in front of people where people even started looking. Like, I remember one day 
I, the way I was working, I guess he felt that I was working too slow mm. and he just got real close to me. Now you're not whispering sweet nothings in my ear. Now you in my ear like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? You should know this shit by now. You've been watching me long enough. What happened? Let's go. I want to see you do better than this. He was talking to me like a drill sergeant. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a wow. fellow iron worker that actually approached me and was like, sister, you good? Like he got in my ear like, you all right? Wow. Because he saw it and he didn't like what he saw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it started getting like that. Did you ever say anything to him? No, because I was just so into him. And I really felt like no matter what, again, oh, you know, he wants to be a bodybuilder. He wants to be a model. You know, he's just serious about life and work and he really loves me. I turned his anger and impending abuse into he really loves me and he's just serious about life. Yeah, I did that. Shoot. It was a real, I misinterpreted what he was, which was abusive asshole. Yeah. I turned it in again into, he's really into me. What, did you introduce him to your friends and family? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't wait for Zero to meet my friends and family. And I got to put it out there. One of the most hurtful things is the year that we got deep was the year that I lost my grandfather that raised me. Mm. And he was the last man that I dated that my grandfather met that I introduced him to. Wow. And 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 it hurt me so bad because he wasn't one of them. Hmm. Yeah. Well, his name is Zero. Exactly. What do your friends think about him? You know what? They kinda didn't understand why I was so into him. Maybe I had on rose-colored glasses. Mm. I remember a couple of my Bronx people, it was basically one of those situations when when they met him, it was like, well, if you like it, I love it. Like, they were not impressed. Yeah, they just... It was why, like, but why? You know what? I ain't gonna lie. Like, again, like I said, maybe I was looking at him through rose-colored glasses. He was my type. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of people that really thought he was ugly. It was like, this the ugly motherfucker you so <laughs> crazy about? I thought we was meeting motherfucking Blair Underwood or some shit uh, up. <laughs> You know, back then, it was like a Denzel Washington. Oh you know what I'm saying? Like the this, way you described it, right? Yeah, it was like, this is who the fuck, like, that dick must be fire, because this <laughs> nigga look like Flavor Flav. Like, yeah, you know? But in my eyes, he was a 10, a solid 10. <laughs> now, some of the listeners, I showed them who UFC was, and it was like, ah, I can see he looked good back yeah, in the day, Yeah, think right? about it. Like, because he's still a handsome dude now. You know, the hairline is receding, but he's still a good-looking dude. So yeah, just imagine Some people said, yeah, they can, see, they can see back now, in the day. Now, this dude, if you saw him, you'd be like, Stella, you sure you was only smoking weed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you liked him. That's all that mattered. I didn't like him. I loved him. Oh, my gosh. He was everything. So he became this this different individual different. doing his thing, yeah. like proteins and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What at what point it was like, all right, this is this is a lot. I gotta go back. Honestly, the re- again, did you stuck, again, did you he was gonna, the reason why I stuck it out because I was weighing out the pros and the cons because again, he was just so wonderful. Our dating life was exciting. Um he, even when he was Yeah, like when he wasn't like in his angry state, yeah. it's like you know what they said? It was one extreme to the next. So it went from angry state to Mr. Wonderful. It was Dr. Like Jekyll, thing, Mr. Hyde. Yes, the yeah. things when he was wonderful, he was super wonderful. Like he was doing stuff like at that time, I think um, they were doing some of those black plays. You know, he had got us tickets. Like he would get us tickets to like shows. Yeah. Um, Again, he was generous with his money. Like don't laugh at that time. 
the flat screens had just came out <laughs> and right. became popular. Yeah. So I had a fat back TV yeah, when the, I the met him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, we going to get rid of this fat back TV. Mm-hmm. He bought me my first flat screen mm. and DVD player. And that oh. was like, and one thing as a tourist woman, we love, we spoil, but we love to be spoiled even more so. Mm-hmm. So he was like really good with that. And then he was another one when we got to a restaurant, he already knew what I wanted. That all was right. like a turn on for me. So with even with all of his anger and his bullshit. So he was good at the romance stuff. Yeah, he was such a romantic. I, but when he was angry, it was like, oh boy, he's yelling and screaming at me. He's telling me I'm slow. I need to get it together. I should be fast on the steel. I should have picked this up already. And that used to hurt my feelings. But still, you, you chose. I hung in there. Oh, and I got another one. Another pro. Again, remember, he had somebody that he was living with, his baby mother. Yeah. He actually moved out. Really? Moved out, got this beautiful apartment mm-hmm. in the Bronx, and he couldn't wait for me to see it. He was taking me with him to pick out furniture and stuff, and it was like... Now, what did the baby it? mother... She ain't have a job or nothing. What was she doing? Honestly, he, one thing I would say, and that's another thing that I admired about him, he felt like even though I'm not with her no more, she's not going to suffer. He's you know, paid. yeah, I'm still going to take it. Like she was section eight, whatever. They were living in section eight housing yeah. or whatever, but he made sure that the, the girls were taken care of, oh, that good. she didn't want for nothing. Like, honestly, it got to a point in our relationship. That's why I believed him. Like she was ready to see him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was ready. Like we would be on the phone together and she would be in the background. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yo, you on the phone with me? And she's listening. <laughs> it was like, yo, I told you what I told you. Like, fuck her. Like, it was crazy. But I should have knew that was a red flag, too. A man that was so disrespectful that he would start another relationship while he was still at home with his baby mother is not a plus. But in my mind, it was like, ooh, he crazy about me. No, that was actually crazy. Yeah. That wasn't a good thing at all. And then when I, in hindsight, when I look back, it would have hurt me. I don't care how long I've been with a man. It's just starting another relationship in my face right, and you right. don't give a shit. But then again, as the violence set in, it started occurring to me that maybe she was afraid of him too. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she probably had to deal with some of that stuff. Yeah, and it was just if like, was you know what? With, yeah. So, and I'm talking about him buying me TVs and DVD players. Imagine over the years, all of the things that he did. So, I'm thinking that maybe she's setting her mind. He provides for us so much financially that I'm just taking it. Yeah. Yeah. So, she that's, has to, yeah. Yeah, I chalked it up to that. OMG. Yeah. OMG. Yeah. Man. So, Take me down this road now. Yeah, yeah. Going through this up and down relationship where he's Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and um, the the downhill part of it. Downhill. Now we got the a porta potty. I gotta keep that in mind. Okay, don't forget that. So, um, so downhill. Out. Yeah. Was that the, the mood swings? Remember, I told you he started the protein and supplements yes, yes. and the mood swings. Yeah. So remember, even though I was his girlfriend and he had moved out. I wasn't married to him. You know what I'm saying? I can only go by what you're telling me. So I'm thinking everything is good and we official and I'm so happy. And you ain't going to believe this. You ready? Yeah. He ghosted me. Came to work one Monday morning. There was no zero. What? Tuesday, no zero. So um, I hit him. He wasn't answering my calls and stuff. 
I'm going crazy. And it was cast on the job that he was close to. And I feel like it was a setup. Like he had already prepped them. And I'm asking him like, yo, anybody heard from Zero? Like he's not showing up for work. And he, his closest homeboys is like, nah, giving me the, the face. Like, yeah, we ain't heard from him, but I didn't believe it. Yeah. And it's like my heart dropped to my feet. No shit. Zero disappeared on me. I, for no reason. For no reason from me and the job for about. Was he on drugs? Two, no, about two whole weeks straight. And when he finally returned my calls, you know what he said to me? What's that? My baby mother had a stroke. And I was so distraught. I had to move back home. And I couldn't question that. And then I thought about the attitudes of the men on the job. I'm like, maybe that's why they was acting so funny with me because they didn't feel that it was their place to put Mm. me into that part of his life. Gotcha. And I fell for it. It was like she had a fucking stroke and she had a stroke and that's why he wasn't coming to work. And he told me he had to give up his apartment and move back in with her to care for her. Really? That's what he told me. Was that the truth? <sighs> no, it wasn't. Which is why he was a fucking zero. And then I had a, a horrible <laughs> homegirl just to, to all your listeners. Beware of the friends that believe everything that men say. I had one of my closest friends telling me like she had met him and she actually liked him. It was like, bitch, why would he make up something like that? Like, yo, he going through it. His baby mother had a stroke or whatever. Like, just deal with it. I mean, that like, sounds believable. Love. Right, because come on, he did. And he didn't just disappear from me. You got to remember, he wasn't showing up for work. Mm -hmm. So I believed him. Wow. And when he told me, he basically he made it sound like he had to go back home to be her caretaker. Yeah. What proof did I have? What did I know? And I fell for it. I believed it. And was you by his side during that time? I tried to be by his side, but he was really Mr. Disappearing Act. It was like, I barely see you anymore. Barely, barely hear from you. You know, you're not answering your phone. You've given up this apartment. You have moved back home. Like, mm -hmm. man, it was wild. So he had this nice apartment, gave it up, moved back home. Moved and back. that's what was crazy to me. Like, I was there. Like, he got this beautiful apartment. Like, I told you, was, I was going with him to pick out furniture and yeah. stuff. And I thought it was all about us. And then you disappeared on me. And just to give you a timeline, it was about a month after he moved into this place that that happened. So mm. it was like, and I'm thinking maybe she was so stressed out over him. Because, you know, they said stroke yeah. sometimes. Stress triggers a stroke. Mm -hmm. So I believed it. Man. Like maybe she was so brokenhearted and believed him. I believed him. How did you find out he was lying? Um, you know what? I didn't exactly find out that he was lying. What happened was we had gotten into a point where it was a breaking point. And it was like, I can't do this no more. And I was so proud of myself. I said, I can't do this. I can't take this. It just, what happened to stem to, to to lead to that? It was just too much away from me. Oh, I understand that this woman apparently had the stroke. Yeah. So I'm never seeing you. You're just sending me the voicemail. I'm not seeing you anymore. You're not coming to work. It was like, this is too much. Yeah. This is too crazy, too heavy, too big. And honestly, my grandfather passed away. 
Yeah. So once my grandfather passed away, I didn't give a damn about him or nothing yeah. or none of it. And um, you know what? We started arguing with each other. And it was like, my grandfather passed away. Let me just rewind. We were going through it and we started really arguing with each other. And at that age, I was still in my at crazy stage where I yeah. felt like the only way to get a, my point across is at crazy with the dude. So I was at crazy in what way? Like, like yelling like, and screaming at him, gotcha, threatening gotcha, him. Gotcha. Like, I don't give a fuck about you or your baby mother. I'll pull up on both of y'all motherfuckers. Yeah, Brooklyn. it was like, I don't give a fuck about fuck that bitch stroke. She gonna have another stroke when I come through. Like, just because I couldn't understand it. And then, like I said, you know, had what? his homeboys at work that was like vouching for him or whatever. And it got to the point where we just like fell completely apart. And then he was making me feel guilty. Like, you crazy bitch. My baby mother had a fucking stroke and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I got my kids. And I was really one of those. Like, I don't give a fuck about them kids. Fuck them kids. And once you tell a man, fuck them kids, a man that cares about his kids, I don't care how much of a zero or a loser he is. If that doesn't bother him, he ain't shit. Mm. And that really bothered him. So when I started saying stuff again, like, fuck your kids. That was like the end of us. Man. Yeah. And we had this like great separation. And then my grandfather passed away. So what happened was I took it. You know, I took my spanking. I thought I blamed myself. It was like, I'm acting crazy. Going through something with his baby mother. She had a stroke. I'm telling him, fuck your kids. All this other shit. And when my grandfather passed, I reached out to him. Mm. And he was like, you know what? No matter what, you got me. I'm here. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. It's like his heart softened for mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. and my heart softened for him. But like I said, my heart was in a different place. I wasn't thinking about him. It just made me feel good because he was the last man I thought I was in love with. Yeah. So when I reached out to him, he said he would be there for me. I accepted that and I was grateful for that. But I didn't think that that was a reconciliation. Right, all right. Okay. So, all right. Boom. Go ahead. Next question. I'm so you, So you ended it. You know what? Listen. We kind of ended it because I was just acting too crazy. Again, I was threatening him. I was threatening this phantom baby mother and her stroke. I didn't give a fuck about his kids. I was ready to come to the Bronx. I was just acting wild and I accepted it. You know, when he started labeling me crazy, like, bitch, you crazy. Like, I will fuck you up and I don't give a fuck. You is crazy. And it was just, it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I let it go. Did y'all ever reconnect? Yeah. So that's what happened when happened. No, wait, hold was, on. Porta potty is still there. Yeah, I still don't. That. I, I didn't forget this. about that. All right. So my grandfather passed away. We didn't reconcile, but he was there for me. It was like anything you need, you got me. I was just so distraught. I wasn't even reaching out to him like that. I just wanted him to know. Mm. My, because these these are things that we talked about as a couple. Yeah. You know, like he was close to his grandparents at the time. And this is who raised me. And we talked about, you know, if we lose our elders, like, that the pain and being there for each other. So I appreciated him for that. Mm -hmm. But after all was said and done, you know, my grandfather passed, he was buried and I wasn't thinking about him. It's not that I wasn't thinking about him, but I, wasn't I had to like yeah. release him from my heart because it was like, what am I supposed to do with this? So there was this one day I was at the union hall. That's what, you know, all the trades people you or every craft has a union hall. Mm -hmm. And um, I was going to the union hall to take care of some paperwork mm -hmm. or whatever. And I saw him in passing and he stopped me. And it was like, can I talk to you for a second? Boom, we got 
back together. We jumped into it. I swear to God. Johnny just by talking to I think that day we might have went and got some drinks that day. Yeah. It was like, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm sorry for the way we went. And honestly, that day I was looking good because, again, I was coming <laughs> to do paperwork. So that was another thing, too. You when you were in the trades, when you were coming just to do paperwork and take care right, of business, right, right. you put on your showing out clothes. So I think I might have had on some heels, a little pocketbook, you know, looking good. And he saw me and this shit, I would have stopped me too. <laughs> Stella Belafonte was out. And we jumped right back into yeah. it. Yeah. And how was that? You know what? In the beginning, it was good. We were making up for lost time. He was telling me, you know, all the stuff that he went through with his strokey baby mama. Um, He was looking to move out again. So at that time, after my grandfather passed, I was transitioning, moving out of my old apartment into another place. And he even asked me, he was like, yo, what's up with your old apartment? Like, I'm ready to move on again. Like, I did my part as a man. You know, she's good. She's recovering. And I gave him my old apartment. Really? Slid him right in. Yeah. Because my thing is, my lease was still good. And the rent was so cheap. I didn't want to break the lease. I didn't want to give it up. He was like, shit, I hold it down. And I loved it. It was like, oh my God, we were literally going to live up the block from each other. Wow. So he's like, fuck it. So he took over my old apartment and that's when the bullshit set in. Let's, let's hear it. Um, so I moved into my new apartment. He helped me move. So and you have oh, two leases. Yeah. Now, now I got a new apartment and I got my old lease that was still good. And yeah. he basically, he said he was going to live out my lease. I got to put it out there. At that time, my rent in my old apartment was only about $600 a month. That's it. Yeah, it was like, shit, I'll take yeah. it. It was yeah. a studio, but it was a huge studio with a big kitchen. And he was like, you know what? I'm ready to leave. You know, I'm serious this time. And he furnished that little apartment and everything was good. Again, I'm going with him to pick out stuff. We back in love again. Mm-hmm. He helped me move into my new place. And yeah. just to let you all know, I got to put this out there. He had a pit bull. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he had a pit bull. This was like his man, you know, something about black men and they fucking pit bull dogs. dogs this was like his son. So, um, it got to the point where like his dog would go everywhere with us. People started recognizing us in in the new neighborhood. Well, not the new neighborhood. I actually moved in the next block from my old block and he was new to the neighborhood. So people were getting used to his dog or whatever. So, um, yeah, again, so now he's got my old apartment. Mm-hmm. I've got my new apartment and, um, we started spending more and more time together. And that's when mm-hmm. shit really hit the fan. I feel mm. like he got tired of me. I said, because we were living so close together now. He yeah, ain't he in the Bronx now. Yeah, he got a seat. So now, yeah. Um, uh, you know what's crazy? I never changed the locks on my old apartment. He changed the locks mm. and gave me a key. Yeah. But I never gave him a key to my place. Thank God I didn't. Because again, shit really hit the fan. That's when I found out that um he was cheating on me. Whew, this was so far back. I got to give you a timeline. Um, If I tell you this part of the story, you're going to be like, Stella, I can't believe that this is how y'all fell apart. So we were spending a lot of time together. And it's like he was starting to get frustrated with me. Remember, we're still iron workers. So mm-hmm. we're still on the same job. Now we're at... um. Was it a same site, same job? So now not only are we living in the same neighborhood, 
Now we're going to work together every yeah, day. Yeah, too much. It was too much. Yeah. I mean, he was showing me that he was sick of me. Still on the supplement shit. <laughs> still on the protein shakes. And now we're together too much. Yeah. He really started snapping at me. It was starting to get to the point where it was like he was sickened by the sight of me. Like, even if we were on the job together, I started trying to make a point to separate myself mm-hmm. from him because I felt it. It was like, yeah, this motherfucker is just tired of my presence. And um, he's sick of me. It was no other way that I could describe it. It just felt like he wasn't happy with He stopped with being me. a gentleman? He stopped being a gentleman, and he just started acting frustrated <clears throat> with me. But again, I blamed it on the supplements. I blamed it on, um, you I know, him. be a him thing, though. It was definitely a him thing. We're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then the fact that, like I said, we were spending, so not only were we working together, now we live down a block from each other. Right. And it just was like, we're together all the time. This is too much. So anyway, here's back to y'all Bronx cats. You know, I'm a Brooklyn chick. This is summertime now. Summer's mm-hmm. coming to a close. What do we have in Brooklyn? Our biggest deal every summer at the end? Uh, uh, the, 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 fest, the parade. Uh, the, the Labor Day parade. He yeah. had never experienced that. Right. In his life. Right. It's Bronx Cat. So he wanted to experience the Labor Day Parade. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. So anyway, he talked about this parade. You'd have thought we was going to Miami Carnival. <laughs> How excited he was about this damn Eastern Parkway Parade. Oh, my God. So anyway, the morning of the parade, he got me up at about 7 in the morning because he had damn. heard about Juve and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just wanted to know. I was like, I'm not doing Juve with you. That's for the kids, for the younger crowd. And at that point, I was like, leave that for the 20 something right, 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 right. I'm not going to be on Eastern Parkway and up and down Notion Avenue <laughs> throwing paint. Again, this is not Miami Carnival. So 7 o'clock that morning, we got up early. And they were outside selling food. They were outside selling nutcrackers. Mm-hmm. So again, he was like, his eating was limited. He was living off of protein shakes and supplements, but smoking weed again to level the shit out. So we get to Eastern Parkway about six, seven in the morning, seven in the morning yeah. while they were setting up. So there was some people outside selling nutcrackers. Mm-hmm. So he oh. thinking, yeah, I'm in and I know about nutcrackers. We sell nutcrackers in the Bronx. This is the parade. You don't know about these West Indian people and their <laughs> nutcrackers. Right. They making nutcrackers with Ray and Nephew. Yeah. That is the strongest, most overproved Jamaican rum. Yeah. I tried to explain yeah. that to him. Couldn't tell him nothing. So now we <laughs> on the parkway watching them set up. They putting out, the, you know, the jerk machines yes. to make the jerk tricking. He's drinking nutcrackers like it's water. With no food. No food. Just <sighs> drinking. So anyway, what happened was... He had walked away from me to get another nutcracker, and we were sitting on the benches in Eastern Parkway. So out of nowhere, there was like a gang of kids that just came with like costumes and capes on, and I'm drunk too now. I'm tipsy. And they came flying at me when he walked away. Yeah. And I'm talking about flying, like just acting crazy. You know, it's the parade. Yeah. And I got up. I didn't want no smoke. I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? So when Zero returned to me, it was like, yo, you got up? You gave up our seats. You know, oh, you know wow. catch a seat on the parkways. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you <laughs> gave up our motherfucking seats? Yo, you so fucking stupid. That's how he's talking to me. Because he's drunk. I'm tipsy. Zero is drunk. Wow. So he's yelling and screaming at me. I can't believe your stupid ass would give up our seats. I can't believe this nigga is talking to me like this. 
So we're walking. Now he's trying to find some other place to sit. Because where we were sitting was like literally like one of those perfect spots to watch all the goings-ons. It's early. We bought food. We bought liquor and everything. And I'm like, yo, you really bugging. You mad at me. You're yelling and screaming at me. And then there was a couple of dudes that was like, yo, brethren, like, you're yelling and screaming like easy. Like, that's how he was yelling at me publicly. Mm -hmm. And it's not like these men cared about me. Just to let you know, listeners, they were worried because there's a big police presence out during the yeah, parade. So yeah. basically it was like, fuck this bitch. You're going to get yourself arrested yelling and screaming at her in the middle right. of the street like that. It's a, yeah. So anyway, now let him tell it. He's so mad. He don't even want to enjoy the festivities no more. I don't even want to be out here no more. Fuck that shit. Let's just, let's just go. But anyway, this is a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was Monday Labor Day. And we had work the next day. So we go back to his house. So again, we would go back and forth between apartments. Right. And I had a lot of stuff in his house. So there were days where I would leave for work from his place, my old apartment. So we walk home mm-hmm. and I couldn't stand the way he was talking to me. I said, you know what, Zero? I don't want this shit no more. I, I was just done. So his dog is in the house. We get to his door. I was like, I'm not coming inside with you because I don't like the fucking way you're talking to me. So when he goes inside, I didn't go behind him. I was like, just give me my shit. Give me my tool belt. Give me my shit for work. And I flipped the door up. And I was like, just give me my shit, Zero. You would have thought that I said, Zero, give me my motherfucking shit, nigga. And kicked the door open. That's how yeah. he came flying at me like a bat out of hell. Wow. Him and his fucking dog mama. So two seconds after I said, I want my stuff, give me my stuff, I was on the floor in the lobby of the building because he had tackled me. It was like a a nightmare. I was on the floor. This man was on top of me trying to strangle me. His dog had ran out the house. His dog was trying to bite me. So it's this motherfucker and a dog on me lobby, right, right. in the lobby of my old fucking building. One of the worst things I can remember happening is as he's on me, strangling me and choking me, I was screaming and I was trying to get the words out like zero. It's me. Like, look at me. I was trying to look at him like, I can't believe you're on me like this. Right, right, like, right. nigga, it's me. It's me. And I'll never forget there was a neighbor that I thought was a good neighbor who actually walked in because at that point, my old apartment was on the first floor. And I remember being on the floor looking up at him because my neighbor walked around me as this nigga was on top of me. As they said, black women are the most unprotected out here. And nobody jumped in to save me. So this nigga was on top of me trying to choke the life he out of me. While his do- and and, and it, the crazy part is he had one of those dogs, again, a pit bull. It's not like he was trying to, t- it's just like he was just on go because yeah, yeah. he see his master yeah. on top of me, strangling right. me. Right, right. So it was like he was doing more barking than he was biting, but it was crazy, Llama. And that was the end of my relationship with fucking Zero. It got wild. How did you get that. out? Like, did he stop? Um, he didn't. I guess he started feeling like, yo, I'm going to get myself in trouble because he was only concerned with himself. Mm. All I know is he ran back into the apartment, slammed the door. Um, I got to give it up. That day, I'll never forget because I was trying to look cute for the parkway and I felt so embarrassed. Had a wig on. Mm-hmm. My wig was off. My lip was busted. I was wow. crying. And I had to walk to my apartment looking that way. 
And I never forget the feeling that I felt. I felt like all eyes was on me, like the world had come to an end. Mm -hmm. And he started calling me, threatening me. Out of nowhere, it was like, bitch, when I see you and all this other shit. And I started calling my friends. It's like, you know, like just, just phones ringing like I couldn't believe what I just experienced yeah, yeah. you know I had some friends advising me bitch don't call the cops you live there now you know we crazy then mind you there was cops in the area because it was the day of the parade yeah Labor Day Parade and what he actually done was like we had been going back and forth over the phone for about an hour after he attacked me like that and he made his way down the block to my house and he I was standing outside in front of my building. There were cops across the street. And this is where the nightmare continues. They saw how this nigga was acting. I'll never forget. It was two white cops, a male and a female. And he was yelling and screaming so bad at me. They looked like they were afraid of him. I'll never forget this llama zero jumped on me. He got close to me and they thought he was talking to me because I was afraid of him at this point. He wasn't talking to me. You know what he started doing? He was biting my ear. He clamped down on my ear like Mike Tyson and was threatening me like, bitch, I wish you would press charges. I fucking dare you. I'll never forget this day as long as I live. Wow. One of the worst days of my life. And it continued for a whole day with him just threatening me and me crying, me scared to call the cops, cops standing there acting like they didn't realize that he was on me like that. I didn't know what to do with myself. God. Yep. It was horrible. It was horrible. And you know what's so crazy? Just to rewind, we, you know, we were so crazy about each other. Don't laugh. At one point, I was really like a Coney Island head, being from Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, we had some fun dates at Coney Island. i never forget, we had went into one of the picture booths as a couple. One day, mm-hmm. we were kind of dressed alike. Mm-hmm. And we looked so good that another couple stopped us. They was like, y'all look so cute. Yeah. I want to take a picture of y'all. And we had got the picture, like they sent it to us in a cell phone. Matter of fact, I'm lying. They used his cell phone, took the picture, and he got the picture made and got it done up in the keychains. Oh, wow. And I never forget, a couple of days before we had that falling out, I had a dream that that picture had burnt up. Mm. And it's like for that to happen, it was like premonition. And um, yeah, it was just a bad day. It was no reason that... for him to jump on me like he did. Oh, it gets better. This is how I found out he was cheating on me. So anyway, with all of the threats and the back and forth, now you feel free. You don't give a fuck about me no more. The chick that he was cheating on me with started calling me. I wish you would get zero arrested. Call the cops if you want, bitch. I'm going to fuck you up. This is my man, you stupid bitch. She started describing my old apartment. She was like, you so fucking dumb. I be in that apartment all the time. It, It was crazy. It was crazy. So now you see why I call him zero. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I thought about him, like forget the baby mother, she was the least of my worries. Yeah, yeah. He was just this type of thing. Oh, gotta rewind too. Another red flag I chose to ignore. When we were together and I gave him my old apartment, I actually started going through his stuff. I was like I didn't phone? know that, yeah, not his phone, his stuff, his okay. actual things in his apartment. I found a card from his baby mother. Okay. And she had said something to the effect of, thank you for being there for me since we was kids. I love you so much. Yeah. I hated that we broke up. I'm so happy we back together again. 
So I didn't know where the fuck this nigga was going with it. But it's like, okay, he's actually living here now. So I don't know what's going on. But the card was evidence that she had never had a stroke. When he moved out and got that first apartment, it was just a breakup that they were going through. And when he told me she had a stroke, it was just moving back home because they got together. And I found out going through his stuff. But at that point, when I found Uh the card, I was like, fuck it. He's actually living in Brooklyn now. So in my heart, I forgave him. Just being a fool. Being a fool. Did I say too much? It was like so much, right? Crazy, yeah. Like, I hope, you know, I'm able to keep you up to speed and on track. I hope you didn't get lost. It was a lot. It was a lot. So, again, he was cheating on me. Like, put it like this. When I would leave my old apartment and go down the block to my new apartment, he was having some fat bitch from the Bronx come and spend the night. Wow. Yeah. And you leaving him, right? Did y'all still have to work together? Oh, let me go um, rewind. The bitch that he told me that I didn't have to worry about. There was a point when Instagram was still fairly new. Yeah. And it was some chick that would be in his comments just talking really slick and just saying stuff about how fine he was, how sexy he was. So one day I made a comment and he put up a pic and I was like, ooh, look at my babe looking so fine. And she was like, I don't know who you think you are, Miss Stella, but I know you ain't talking about zero. And it was like, what? Whoa. A red flag I chose to ignore. He said that she was just some bitch that was on him. You know how men do and I chose to believe that. And in the end, this is the one that he was cheating on me with and started calling me, threatening me. The one that he told me that had nothing to worry about. That's the one. Yeah. I'm drinking good and feeling so good right now I'm ready to call her by name because I'll never no, forget her that. name but I'm not going to do but honestly I don't give a fuck but then if I give her name away it'll give him away but I, I hated her and I hated him because I felt how stupid could you be that you would let a nigga put you up to threatening me yeah. because cause no matter what I had been through with a man I was never into even the shit with his baby mother I talked a lot of shit but I would never just start calling some woman because of what some man told me. Right, right. Yeah, so. That's, yeah. that's what she was doing, calling me, threatening me. She called me the Yo. day that he put his hands on me. Honestly, it was about 60 times in a row. And I actually had to get a print out of it. Yeah. Because, yes, to answer your question, we did have to still work together after that. So after he did what he did to me, I still had to go to work the next day. What? And he was there? He was there. Had to go to work the next day. Um, he had already started telling people what we'd been through, giving his side of the story. We had a foreman come up to us. I'll never forget. Hmm. And he said to me, hey, I hear that you and Zero are going through something. I don't give a fuck. I don't want no fighting on the job, no bullshit. Like they were really all about the money and getting this work done. And right, that's what he right. said to me. I don't give a fuck. I don't give no fighting on the job, no arguing the job. As soon as that happens, the two of you are out of here. Wow. And I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. He put all our business up there, out there, and that's where the porta potty comes in. So now that um we're broken up and we're not talking to each other, he's spreading lies about me. Yeah. He never liked me. He never loved me. The only reason why he was fucking with me because I was doing wild shit like um, fucking him on the job. I was sucking his dick in porta potties, just making up shit. I started going to the bathroom at work and they were writing stuff on the wall about me. Yeah, I suffered. I really, really suffered. 
it was rough. And it was like, I can't stop my money. Yeah. You know, like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And he was acting like I didn't exist. And my heart was broke. I'm not even going to lie to you, Lama. There was a point after all of that happened where I was trying to reconcile, not get back with him. But it was like, my heart can't take this. I don't want to be enemies. We fucking work together. Like, please don't hate me. And at that point, people were still writing letters. At least I was. I mean, letters. Like, really, I would write him a note and leave it in it. Like, if I saw his tool belt hanging up, like, Please, like, don't hate me. I don't want to be enemies. And he would send me messages on my cell phone, like, stop writing me letters. Leave me alone. Like, it, I was just taking it so hard. Yeah, yeah. So then it got to a point for maybe about two months after we worked together and him spreading lies and rumors about me. I just fucking got over it. I, I just know, was like, like a snap. you know what? I got to call one of my boys out. It was this white boy that I came in as an apprentice with. And we were talking one day. I was like, why the fuck you care about this nigga Zero so much? So he's a fucking loser. He's not the greatest fucking iron worker. Like, he was making me look at him in a whole different, different light. Yeah, you need that, though. He was like, yo, this nigga's fucking cornball. Like, what are you fucking kidding me? It's like, you can do so much better than him. And when I tell you I loved him for that, it's like he just opened up a window for me. And yeah. just, next thing you know, I really, really started seeing Zero as yeah, a you, Zero. You gotta, yeah, you got to put him in a different I light. I started yeah. not giving a fuck about him. I wasn't crying no more when the dudes would invite me for drinks after work. I'm hanging out with the fellas. I'm partying. Like, you know, I'm not moping no more. Yeah. I'm wearing tight jeans again. You know, I felt <laughs> good about life. And you know what? I know he had to pick up on that and see that. Not only did he pick up on it, it made him mad. Because he was happy when I was coming to work like zero. Yeah. I'm sorry. But once he seen me popping and happy again, it was like, girl. Yeah, he was miserable. So this is where shit hit the fan. More? It's more. Look, but can I get some more wine? Oh, yeah, we're going these. God. And again, I hope I'm not boring with you. I hope I'm not. No, this is this is a movie. Yeah, yeah. That's right. right. The life to tell me when. Hit me. The life of Stella Belafonte, baby. Oh my. Bring the wine. I got a story to tell. So anyway. There's more. There's more. So I'm happy again. It's only a little bit in there. Okay. I'm living my best life. Yeah. I'm hanging out with the fellas on the job. Right. Not giving a fuck about him. Like I said, my um white boy, homeboy, fuck out of here. It's like zero is like the worst it ever did. Like the only reason why we ever listen to him at work is just to humor him. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> fucking crybabies, pussy. And I'm like, oh my God, this thing is a crybaby. Next thing you know, I'm looking good. Um, my weight started picking up because I had really gotten into a funk. And at that point, like, a lot of people won't believe like it. Yeah. yeah, like, I was already a little, like, on the slim side back then. I was really, like, just everything was just fading away. I was just looking a mess. Yeah. And just coming to work, just stressed out. Nah, fuck that nigga zero. So now I'm hanging out with the fellas, having fun, getting drunk after work. Now they know that it's over with me and zero. The boys is flirting with me. It's like, hey, <laughs> I'm back on the market. The writing on the wall. Let's go. So um, he didn't like that. Yeah. So again, we are on a push at ground zero fourth tower. And there was, um, we were starting to come to work at five o'clock. And one thing, he was an early bird like me. Yeah. It was one early day at work. There was nobody at work. Like, put it like this. If work started at 5, he and I had a tendency to show up at about 4 a.m. Hour early. What the hell? That was just how we yeah, were. Yeah. You know, and we, that was just who we were. 
<laughs> Gotta sip this wine, get to work early, you know what I'm saying? Just chill out, have your coffee. Yeah. And again, he was on this power shit, you know, trying to take supplements, you know, do a hundred push-ups, a thousand crunches. And um, I got to work early one day. And I told you what the foreman told us. I don't want no bullshit on the job, no fighting, no death. I caught his eye. I don't know how I caught his eye. He was looking at me. Looked up at me. was like, what the fuck you looking at? Looked at like, who the fuck is you talking to? Mm-hmm. He gave me one of those, I'm talking to you, bitch. The nigga started coming at me with the Jason walk. I was like, yo, is, is he serious? It's nobody up there. It's 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. I started walking backwards because he's coming at me. There's nobody around. And he's coming towards me like, yeah, I'm going to whoop your ass again. And I, he's doing the Jason walk. I'm running backwards. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I started, it was like a movie. I felt myself like screaming like, help, help. Like somebody help me. Somebody help me. And the lift elevator on the job that we were at at the fourth tower just happened to open up at that moment and he stopped himself and I got on the elevator and the guy that was working the elevator was like are you all right I was like no no I'm not all right this motherfucker is trying to hurt yeah and I told on him you can call me a snitch you can call me whatever you want but you will call me alive that day because I wasn't gonna let that nigga try to hurt me and get away with it Mm. and I told I told the foreman I told the elevator lift operator and I left the job that day and I went to the union hall and I told, I um, got my paperwork together that week, got an order protection out on him. It was a whole cycle. I had him served on the job. I didn't give a shit. It was big. It was big. Wow. It was big. Yeah. So that was the end of me and Zero. It was no coming back from that. And you've never seen him to this no, day? You know what? It's not that I never saw him after that. Um, It was a whole process. Remember, we were union construction right. workers. He lied on me said that I made the whole thing up. And remember, this is boys club. There's yeah. a lot of motherfuckers that actually did like him. Yeah. A lot of union officials and stuff. And it hurt me because my reputation on that job was so solid. Yeah. They loved me. I'd actually yeah. won an award for being one of the only female iron workers at Ground Zero. I did an interview. You can Google me. Like, it was a big deal. Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of fact, you ready for this? Yeah. Ready for the heartbreaker? Yeah. The day that he jumped on me at the job the next day. Oh my God, I'm, forgive me, I'm getting emotional. I was supposed to do an interview with Good Day New York mm-hmm. for being one of the only female iron workers at Ground Zero. And I gave that up because, because this man tried to attack wow. me and I had to leave the job. And it hurt me so bad. Like, they were so proud of me. And I felt like my whole life at that point went from 10 to zero Mm. because of this man. And that's why I call him zero. And everybody was so excited. Like, they were ready. Like, they were coming. They were scheduled. It was like, we are interviewing Stella Belafonte. It was like my moment. Right, right, right. And I gave it up because Because of of that. Yeah. So forgive me for getting so emotional. I'm so sorry. And that was like a big deal for me, which is why I didn't feel any guilt about getting a protective order on him and having him served on the job. 
fuck him. He was a whole zero. I felt like in that moment, everything that I had worked so hard for, that I was so proud of, just disappeared in a moment. You had to leave the job because of him. I had to because at that point, it was like, nobody, nobody, I'm putting it out there. Nobody stood up for me. The the elevator operator just wanted to know, like, what the fuck was going on? Like, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Because I was huffing and puffing. I literally was running from this man. And it's like, they felt like I was just a troublemaker. And he lied on me and made up so many stories. And I just literally like left the job, went to the union hall. I did everything. Like I said, it was a whole day. I went to the union hall, told my story, had to write shit out. They didn't believe me. They didn't want to hear it. It was like, oh boy, here we go. Like at that time, it wasn't a woman's world like it is now. It was like, oh boy, here we go. That's why we don't like hiring women because y'all a problem. And that's how they treated me. And then I remember um, the school that I went to for construction trades who had actually secured this interview with Good Day New York for me. They had to call and cancel the interview and it was just so embarrassing. Oh, it hurt my feelings so bad. I mean, forgive me. Like, I can't believe I cried because I've never told this story out loud. Like, it was like a big thing for me. And it hurt. It was horrible. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like a lot of my life went downhill. Again, like I said, went from 10 to zero because he was served. I got an order protection that lasted about two years. Um, I was on my job. I actually found some um, pro bono lawyer. When, like when I showed up in court, I showed up with an actual attorney. She <laughs> loved white chick power suit doing it. He couldn't believe it. He they actually postponed our date because he was like, oh, she got an attorney. I want an attorney too. But it's like when I look back, it was like, what was it all for? Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Because Stella just loved love so much mm. and ignoring red yeah, flags. Yeah. So. But anything you want to ask me, and again, like I said, I hope I, I didn't embarrass myself no, cool. by getting so emotional. Like, I, it's like... But yeah, that was your moment. Uh, like, yeah. The next day? The next day. Because I'd already did a video interview, you know, about being an iron worker, ground zero female, and everybody was so proud of me on the job. It was like, what is the look at a goal? And I, honestly, I was just moving and shaking. I had gotten an award that year. It was like, a, I was a big out there and in a moment like they said in a flash everything just was ruined jeez where, where did you go after that um after that I really took some time off because I was embarrassed to return to work uh, you know just collecting my unemployment check and really just had the blues like I really went into this phase where I was like maybe I ain't working for me like I just literally I crashed yeah. Yeah. That's all I can say. It took me, I would say maybe close to six months to come back into my whole self again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just when you was feeling yourself again, he comes back. To yeah, just, and it's like that's... all these beautiful things was happening. I'm hanging out with the fellas. I'm putting yeah. weight on. I'm getting ready to do a freaking interview with Good Day New York. And then it was like foremen that had really liked me, like prominent foremen in Ironwork. They were looking at me differently. I was just, again, the troublemaking bitch that got zero in trouble. And it it hurt me. Oh, but I got another one. Here's the silver lining. I told you nobody believed me. 
Right. It was an iron worker. When I tell you he was such a blessing, he was about to retire, so he ain't have nothing to lose. Right. I will never forget my West Indian friend. He told, he was in the shadows, didn't realize it, saw everything that transpired that morning. Really? Sitting there, and you'd have never knew. And he went and he told my union officials, I seen it all. I seen everything. He was chasing us. She was scared. She was running. She was screaming. I couldn't believe my eyes. And that was my saving grace. And what happened to Zero? They, they um, you know what? He was kind of blacklisted on the job. People started looking at him with the side mm-hmm. eye. It was like, you definitely are crazy. You're a liar. You're a problem. But you know... It was told to me that he had actually moved up and became a foreman. And I, I got to witness it myself because months later I went on a job and I got there and he, he was actually the foreman and I left. And when I went back to the union hall, it's like they had forgotten. I never want to be on another job with this man again. I have right. an order of protection against him. I can't do this. So right after that, it got back to me that he got in trouble again and cops were looking for him on the job after that. So it's like they what got saw. In doing? I don't know. No, no. Uh, because after the day that I left when I saw that he was a foreman, it was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And I got sent to other work sites. That's when I found out that he, he was on some other was on. Yes. They came up to the job looking for him for something else. I don't know what the details was, but they said. You think they, it has something to do with. I don't might have been another anger. domestic situation. Yeah. And one of my homegirls told me that another hard hat. She was like, bitch, he probably fucked some other woman up and they was looking for him again. Yo, that was the end of Stella Inzi. Man. Again, I hope I didn't say too much. I hope I didn't no, get too crazy. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. And how did you like heal from that? Um every day. Again, like I said, this uh, the reason why I called it part two is because I obviously hadn't learned lesson the first time, the red flags. The violence. Yeah. You get what I mean? Because in my mind, God would never send you the same type of man twice. I didn't know at 31 years old that you could end up with the same type of man. I thought that everybody was an individual. No, there are sometimes men who will be in your face and they are actually the same type of asshole, yeah. but just in a different outfit. Different form, different, yeah, look, different. Yeah. So yeah. that that was my takeaway from that. And it was just like, no more ignoring red flags. Like I said, if he wants to box and lift weights and do shit, it has to do with all this physical stuff where it changes and alters his mood or behavior. Leave that man alone. Mm. Now I know. You ain't got to tell me twice. <laughs> and I've never had another man raise his hand to me again after that. After mm. zero. Zero yeah. was my last. Uh, yeah, like I that's... said, I don't even let men raise their voice to me. Yeah. As soon as I hear your voice going up a notch or two, it's like, ho, 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 what are we doing here? Yeah. Because I feel like a man that can yell at you, you never know. It could be a kick next, a punch, a slap. And that day, just to rewind, when he did attack me, I felt like he had hands and feet on me. And I had never experienced no shit like that in right, my life. Right. And I would never experience nothing like that again. That's yeah. wild. Stella, man, you come here with the stories. Like yeah. I'm like shocked. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. And you like 
from then to now, you never bumped into... No, thing? like I said, at, after that one time when they sent me to a job from the union hall and he, he was, like, was the no. foreman and oh, I right, left, right. never saw him again. You know, we were definitely not friends on social media anymore yeah. and I never ran into him. And um, you know what's crazy? Lies. While we were first going through it, remember he lived in my neighborhood. Yeah. So I actually had run into him a couple of times in the supermarket, but this is when I was still in my moping phase, when okay. I was still sad over him. And yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. I have to see him. And he would ignore me, walk right past me. Oh, he did the whammy on me. Before he um approached me at the job to attack me, I came out one day after work and he was with the woman that he was cheating on me with. Mm -hmm. He met him after work wow. and they were hand in hand. And my heart sank to the floor. It was like I was nothing to him. So, yeah. yeah that sucks. Yeah. yeah. But he felt like I don't give a fuck no more. I ain't with you. You know? Yeah. Did he change the outlook on, like, on men, how you view men? Absolutely. Like I said, After? now I know, you know, we all I'm choose. When it came to dating and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like no, when, first of all, the lying thing. Yeah. There's no more, oh, he's lying to impress me. No, if the motherfucker is lying, he's just a liar. Because now I equate lying with just being plumb crazy. What are you mm. lying for? Mm. It's a simple question. What's the most exotic location you've ever been to? Mm -hmm. Tell the truth. Well, you know what? I've never been anywhere really crazy. Or you know what? I'm looking forward to going somewhere. Or you know what? I ain't been nowhere outside of Jamaica or something. Now, oh, Australia. <laughs> Astroland. Yeah, like my friend said, you sure he didn't say Astroland, bitch? Like, it was crazy. Like, he's just a big liar. Mm. And then, oh, remember I mentioned Miami? Yeah. We never made it to our Miami trip because the falling out happened. And i never forget. He was an embarrassing liar. There was, um during our first breakup, no, maybe the second one, there was one point where there was a big snowstorm one year. And we were working together. This is before he attacked me on the job. And people were talking about what they had did for the weekend. And we were all on the same elevator lift together. And just because I was standing there, we wasn't speaking. They asked him, it was like, Zero, what you did for your weekend? He was like, oh, I was in Miami. You are a fucking liar. Because not only was it a huge snowstorm, it was to the point where if you had gone to Miami, they wasn't, let, wasn't letting the flights come back to New York. So if you had been in Miami, you would still be there. Right, right, right. So everybody, all the dudes in the elevator lift was looking at him like... <sighs> it started getting to the point where he was starting to develop a rep as a liar. Like, even outside of, yeah, you know, good. the shit with me, it was like, this nigga just be freestyling. <laughs> he just doing anything. it. Anything, yeah. So. Man. But that's what I, he definitely taught me. A liar is a liar. There's no way around it. There's no making excuse for it. Leave the liars alone. Besides that, what else is your biggest lesson learned from that relationship? Um, Never make excuses for violent behavior. Mm. I don't care about the supplements, the protein shakes, what he's going through, what he's really focused on. Never make excuses for disrespect and mistreatment. Man. Straight like that. Yeah. I know I asked you the first time, any other advice you would give somebody going through a breakup? In that nature, let's say a, a violent breakup. Um, You know what? You just have to, it's just one day at a time and you have to start finding your joy. You have to look for it. Like really get into yourself, your silver lining, even if it's just listening 
to somebody talk shit about that person. Mm. Even if he, you know, the breakup was all your fault. No, you need that person that's going to say, fuck that nigga. Yo, fuck that bitch. Hey, shit, she was ugly anyway. And this is a piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah, breath stink. Like, these things actually help. Exactly. Like, yeah. find your small joys until you remember what it is that does actually make you happy. And eventually, old cliche saying, time heals all wounds. Mm -hmm. You will get past it. Mm -hmm. But you have to let the time pass. Don't fight it. Don't try to reconcile. Like, right. don't go backwards. Just let the time pass. And from my experiences, you 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 be all right. Yeah. yeah. Last but not least, the song you like to dedicate to Zero. I want to dedicate it to the big fat nasty bitch that was calling me to her and Zero, telling me how she had been <laughs> fucking him the whole time that he had moved into my old apartment. Tony Braxton, he wasn't man enough. Mm -mm. He wasn't man enough for me. Like, <laughs> bitch, what was you what thinking? Did you do with the apartment? Um. Oh, <laughs> how could I leave that out? Yeah. I wasn't playing. I actually fought to have him removed wow. because there were cameras operating at that time. Yeah, yeah. And I got down on building management. It was like, let me tell y'all something. Y'all could give me all the cameras and we don't have the footage or you want to. I am going to call my attorneys. You know, they don't want to hear nothing about mm -hmm. attorneys. And they gave him, uh, I think, a maybe six-week notice to yeah. vacate. Yeah. He had to get the fuck out. Man. Bye, Zero. Back to the Bronx you go. <laughs> Thank you again, Stella. <laughs> that crazy story. It's almost two hours. I'm so, oh my God. I hope that no, that wasn't cool. too lengthy. No, that was chop it up so your was, listeners don't get bored with man, me. Man, I can't believe you. You said it's a third story that you have? Listen, again, bring the wine. I got a story to tell. Oh my Stella Belafonte has lived. And that's why I'm out here in this podcast world because again, not to drag it out. People have been telling me for years with the life you've lived and your experiences, bitch, we need to hear about this shit. If mm -hmm. you don't write, you got to tell it somehow. And I'm out here telling it. Oh, thank, thank you for you coming for on this platform. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Thank, thank you. you, Stella. And that's been Views of an X. 